A very good morning to you. And now on RTHK, it's time for Letter to Hong Kong with Joseph Lee, the legislator representing the Health Services Functional Constituency. The following program is a personal view program. Austin Deary, while you've just had your first birthday, the COVID-19 pandemic is still raging all over the world, and Hong Kong, of course, cannot be spared. Hong Kong has been fighting very hard against the virus for almost six months. Thanks to the concerted efforts of all Hong Kong people, the epidemic has been contained and eased slightly. However, it is rather frustrated that the government's bureaucratic inertia and bit-by-bit responses to control the spread of the virus is far from satisfactory. At the beginning, though there are only few confirmed cases being identified in Hong Kong, voices from public health experts have already sung out their requests to the government to implement stringent health measures such as health declarations upon arrival, to stop the influx of potential carriers or infected persons to the local community. Nevertheless, without suggesting other better alternatives, the government ignores this proposal. When it comes to a time where the number of imported confirmed cases is escalating potentially, most of the public and some of the health professionals strongly demand the government to shut down Hong Kong's border so as to prevent an epidemic in the community. Making no attempt to put forward sensible justifications, the government again refuses doing so. It is indeed disappointed to see that the government's responses to deal with the COVID-19 epidemics are disconnected and about for overwritten scientific evidences with political considerations. As a result, without implementing effective and timely preventive measures, the government fails to cut off the source of virus flooding into Hong Kong, and thus intensify the risk of community outbreaks significantly. Apart from the government's slow and indefinite responses to contain the epidemic, it is also astonished seeing that the hospital authorities is incapable of providing sufficient personal protective equipment, that is PPE, for frontline health professionals to fight against the infectious virus. It is noted that the daily limit of using surgical masks for each health professional is imposed. The use of protective clothing is tightly regulated, and worse still, N95 respirators, goggles and face shields are expected to be reused. Not to mention that the hospital authority attempts to justify such restrictive provision with the claims that there is a sudden surge of consumption and an acute undersupply from the vendors. It's rather ironic seeing that in making efforts to top up the overall stock of PPE, which has already dropped from a three-month standard to become only a month, the authority further confines the use of PPEs of frontliners by repeatedly scaling down the level of protection and specifications of PPE of the infectious control guideline. It is indeed extremely certain that the safety of frontline health professionals is thus being further threatened and compromised. Looking back at the SARS epidemics that occurred 70 years ago, Though there happens to be fears of unknown and threats of uncertainty, the then government and the hospital authority were able to demonstrate leadership and protection to direct the community and help professionals to fight against the infectious disease. Community outbreaks were being contained by effective preventive measures. Frontline health professionals were backing by continuous supply of PPE and other related resources. At that time, it was also encouraging to see that the community the health professionals and the government were all standing together to overcome the crisis. However, as for today, 
is rather disheartened, saying that there is a general lacking of confidence and trust between these stakeholders in combating against the COVID-19 epidemic. Obviously, frustration and sense of being left alone become phenomenal among the community and frontline health professionals. To sustain the momentum of the frontliners in fighting against the virus, the Association of Hong Kong Nursing Staff initiated an industrial action named to protect yourself with zero infections in February. While calling for all frontline nurses to restrictly observe the infectious control guidelines stipulated by the hospital authority, it also urged the hospital authority to issue appropriate protective equipment to protect patients as well. In addition to requesting the provision of sufficient PPE and isolation facilities to the frontliners, the initiative also demanded the authority to transparent its roadmaps and timelines on topping up this equipment and deploy appropriate manpower to deal with the outbreak. Along with the frustration of the frontline health professionals is the despair of the general public in encountering difficulties to obtain sufficient number of surgical masks and alcohol hand rubs to protect themselves from causing infection during the epidemic. With no substantial support and assistance from the government, most people in Hong Kong are unexpectedly have to queue up for surgical masks with unreasonable additional charges. Becoming a scare goods in the market, Surgical masks turn into a kind of luxury products for the rich and vulnerable groups, which in turn escalated their public health risks. Paradoxically, while making no attempt offering help to citizens, the government, on the contrary, preferred to convince the public that wearing surgical masks is not necessary at all. Until recently, as the epidemic appears to be settling a bit, the government, out of a sudden, announces the issuing of free reusable masks, the CU mask pass, to all Hong Kong people. To most of the citizens who have already dashed to pile up their stocks of masks in the past months are indeed caught by a surprise of such never-too-late mentality of the government. Nonetheless, there happens to be a lot of controversies over the CU mask pass scheme since its inception as well. Query about its unusual practice of tendering that invite challenges of possible conflict of interest. The claims that the sign of using magnetic field to provide effective filtration is a patent technology, which has been awarded a gold medal at the International Exhibition of Invention of Geneva in 2018, is a misleading one, and above all, has never been used in manufacturing in the CU mask pass. Moreover, the efficacy and safety of the CU mask pass are also being questioned. Scientists and technology experts have raised their concerns and point out that the six layers mask is not able to immobilize or kill virus at all, simply because the fibers in the copper core are sparsely lined and could be damaged by sewing machines during the manufacturing process. Hence, respiratory droplets may pass through the reusable mask fairly easily. Besides, testing results also indicated that the size of copper molecules lying in the mask is ranging from less than 0.1 to 1.5 microns, which are found to be small enough to be inhaled during respiration. Thus, the issue of inducing health risks outweighs its claimed protective function. With the identification of strain of infection linked to the warehouse cluster earlier this week, the growing fear of a super-spreader in the community has raised concerns of a greater outbreak. Health experts and epidemiologists began to review their call for mandatory screening 
empower pressures on the government to scale up testing capabilities in both public and private sectors to identify possible carriers in the community. Hopefully, the government will not seek to diffuse this concern as you did before, but to take positive follow-up actions to help protecting the community from having a third wave epidemic. With that as it may, COVID-19 is going to be a new normal. It is necessary for the government to keep monitoring the epidemic closely and respond appropriately. For frontliners and individuals, despite of the frustration and despair, don't lose hope. Just getting back to the basics, that is regional personal hygiene, proper PPD as required, and last but not least, stay mentally healthy. Bless Hong Kong, Uncle Joe.